it's always easy to speak about uh, the cross. It's always easy to speak about suffering and how we should offer it up and that kind of thing. Uh, it's much, much, much more difficult to practice that, to put it into practice in our own lives. And none of us like suffering. None of us want to suffer. Uh, none of us... There, there were some saints, there were some saints, uh, Padre Pio uh, is one that comes to mind, uh, who would have said, you know, Lord, I will... Curie uh, Vara said something similar. He said, Curie uh, Vara said, Lord, he was praying for, for the village of ours, and he said he saw the deplorable state that they were living in morally, uh, and he said, Lord, I will take upon myself any suffering, but give me their souls. I will take upon myself any cross, but give me their souls. Padre Pio as well wanted, wanted to suffer for the Lord. I'm not sure if any of us are at that level yet. Maybe you are. Uh, I don't know. But most of us recoil at the thought of the cross or suffering or rejection or hurt, uh, which is understandable. In our reading today, we hear from St. Paul to the Colossians, who says, It makes me happy to suffer for you, as I am suffering now, and in my own body, to do what I can to make up for all that is still to be undergone by Christ for the sake of his body, the church. So he's saying, I'm happy to suffer, to make up for what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. Okay, very simply, uh, what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ? What, what is lacking in Christ's cross, his passionate resurrection? What was lacking in that? Well, nothing. Uh, what Jesus did was a perfect sacrifice for all time, for all people. So there's nothing inherently lacking in this. So I'm going to offer up my sufferings for the sake of what is lacking in Christ's sufferings, even though there's nothing lacking there. So what's St. What's Paul talking about? What does he mean? The Lord wants us to participate in his work. The Lord wants us to work with him. The Lord wants us uh, to, if you will, unite our sufferings to his so that our sufferings might be transformed into glory, as his suffering was transformed into glory. So it's a beautiful message for all of those who suffer, i.e., I think all of us, in some way. I mean, obviously some people have uh, much heavier crosses than others, but I think no one goes through this battlefield unscathed. All of us will eventually get hit. A good couple of years back, I was in Mitchellstown, and uh, I came out of, I was on my way over to the church, and I heard the sound of a Harley Davidson pulling up the two-cylinder pop-pop-pop-pop sound. Uh, it's very distinctive, very loud. Uh, so I heard this, 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 this Harley parking in the churchyard, and I looked over to see where this Harley driver was going, um, or who he was going to beat up. Uh, so he parks up, parks up the bike and lo and behold he starts coming actually in, into the church a couple of steps behind me so I had no time to talk to him because I had to head in get vested so I went into the church did celebrate the mass this was just after the, the new translation of the mass so I was checking to see if he was a regular mass attender by the Lord be with you and just say just checking to see if he says and also with you or and with your spirit and the Lord be with you and he says and with your spirit <gasps> You're a regular. <laughs> okay, good. You're interesting. So, after mass, after mass, I 
vested as, de -vested as quick as I could back out of the sacristy, headed over towards the bike, and he was already there. And I said, how are you getting on? Good to meet you. You're very welcome. Where are you from? He said, I'm from near care. I said, great, fantastic. Good to see you. I said, nice bike. And he said, ah, yeah, 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 sure. Just a grand, grand joke for getting me around. Uh, and I said, I don't see you here very often, though. Uh, he said, yeah, yeah, I try to get mass when, whenever I can. Uh, so I was just passing through, so I thought I'd, I'd pop in here. And I said, if you, don't mind me saying, if you don't mind me saying so, it's great to see, you know, it's great to see you come to Mass. <laughs> How do you phrase that one? <laughs> great to see someone like you come to Mass. <laughs> uh, great, to, great to see you at Mass. Um, and he said, yeah, well, I wasn't really always into the faith. And I said, really? Really? <laughs> and he said, no, and no. I said, I uh, had a bit of a conversion experience um, a couple of years back my wife got diagnosed with cancer. So uh, we've been going on a, a faith journey ever since. And we have a little girl as well. So uh, it's been very different for her, I suppose. Now she grew up with, with no faith and now it's, it's something that we consider important. Um, it's something that we want, to, we want to pass on to her. And I said, I'm just very impressed. I said, like, you don't seem to have any anger or bitterness towards God at all. And he said, no, no, my, my wife actually, she thanks God for her cancer. Because if she didn't get cancer, our little daughter would grow up with no faith. We were, we were far from God. My wife thanks God for her cancer because it woke us up. So eventually I had the opportunity of meeting uh, Veronica, his wife. And she was yeah, a, a, a wonderful lady uh, who she, she's, I, when I met her like, I was very impressed by her faith and her joy and the way she, she carried uh, her, 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 her cross and just the insecurity of you know the, the next test result, how will it be and, and kind of looking towards the future but trying not to look too far into the future because she just didn't know how things were going to go you know so, but we often prayed together I'd call over, she, she came to Mitchtown and uh, it was just great to walk to walk with them as a family, and to see their their faith grow. Uh, incidentally, I didn't. Her husband's name, the, the Harley driver, his name was Fridge. When he introduced himself as Fridge, I thought I misheard him, uh, so I asked. I said, "Sorry, sorry, what?" And he said, "Fridge." And I, again, I presumed I couldn't have actually heard that correctly. Could I? Could I? Did I? I said, "Sorry, well, I, I don't get it." And he said, "Well, when I was a teenager, I wanted to be cool, so I used to." joke around a lot at school so since I wanted to be cool friends called me fridge so it's stuck so there you go so I remember uh, talking talking with fridge and Veronica a lot about faith and fridge had a very simple faith and I remember he came to me once and he said uh, he said I just don't get it like why did why did God create the uh, how did he call him the slippery snake or something like that why did God create the slippery snake in the first place if uh, if if, if he knew he was going to, to tempt Adam and Eve. I mean, he shouldn't have just created a sneaky snake, sorry. He should, he should have just not created the sneaky snake in the first place. Uh, and I said, where, where are you getting this sneaky snake business? He said, I was just reading my daughter's children's Bible. <laughs> it's the only version of the Bible he had was his children's Bible, you know, sneaky snakes. And, uh, so we, we spoke a lot about things, and it was, it was just very interesting, as I say. It was a, just a, a wonderful, uh, just as a priest, like to be able to walk with people in their faith. It was just a great privilege. But two years later, I was with Veronica actually here in Clamel the night she died. 
she died of cancer, obviously. And uh, she'd always carried her faith with, with great joy. And as, as, as with a lot of people who see meaning in their cross and are able to, to offer that cross up, you go to visit them in hospital hoping to console them and they end up consoling you or they end up witnessing to you of the joy of a faith-filled heart. This question, I think, will often pass through our minds. This question will often be suggested to us by the enemy. If God is good, why do we suffer? He will use that question every single time you suffer and every single time you see anyone else suffer. The question, he will suggest it, I guarantee you, if God is good, why is he allowing this? And in a way, it's, it's, while it's, it's, I think it's fair, enough to answer the, it's fair enough to ask the question. But we have to be very, very careful here. When we ask the question, if God is good, why does he allow suffering? Please keep in mind, always, that our God isn't a God who doesn't know suffering. So when you ask that question, if God is so good, why does he allow suffering? Do so with the cross in mind. Do so remembering his passion, death and resurrection. Remembering his abandonment. Remembering his scourging and being stripped of his own clothes and stripped of his own skin. Ask the question then. Stand before the Lord on his cross and ask the Lord then, if you are so good, why do you allow suffering? Because it's very, very different to ask the question in that context rather than imagining God happy out in heaven in the glory of the, the, the angels and clouds and everything and not a suffering in the world and all of us destroying ourselves and dying of all sorts of miserable diseases down here. That's very, very different. Our God knows what it's like to suffer. And in his divine wisdom, he's able to, to change something negative suffering, cross, death, sin. All these things are negative. All these things are not wanted by him. All these things are a consequence of sin. But he's able to change them, transform them into something beautiful through love. So love, love is what changes everything. Love changes everything, even the cross, and can change it into something good, into something beautiful. And that's why... like. You, you, you see people who have, who have come through suffering. There's always something very powerful when a person who has known suffering speaks. Anyone who's been through uh, a war or cancer or some abusive situation or has been through addiction. You hear like uh, the testimonies of Chinakolo guys, if you go to Medjugorje, the guys or girls for that matter. Uh, you hear their stories. When they've been through suffering and come through, there's something very <clears throat> authentic about their witness, about their story. Something very, very real. They're not just... It's not just religious blah, blah. They've lived this. St. Paul writes in Romans 5, he says, We glory in our sufferings because we know that our suffering produces perseverance. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character, hope. Suffering produces perseverance. If there's no, if there's no Widerstand, resistance, if there's no resistance, uh, if there's no obstacle, you have nothing to overcome. You have nothing to overcome. It's like, uh, it's like calling yourself a hiker, but you can't go past an incline of, of you know, two degrees. Like, you, 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 you have, like, it, to achieve anything, 
you have to overcome obstacles. Anything worthwhile. My goodness, you look at holding a marriage together, uh, something as, as important as that. There will always be obstacles. There will always be hurdles to overcome. There will always be sufferings, even the smaller ones, like just renouncing your own will in favour of someone else. All, these things will always be present this side of eternity. We will always have small crosses throughout the day and maybe larger ones at certain points. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's the nature of things this side of eternity. But, 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 God in his mercy and in his divine wisdom knows that through love all of this can be transformed so that despite all of this, if you will, dung being thrown at us, we keep catching it and using it to make our roses grow. You know, all of this, this, this cross produces perseverance. This per- perseverance produces character. And this character produces hope. And that way, even in our crosses and amidst our adversity, we can actually be joyful. We can actually radiate God's grace, not because things are perfect, but because we've been filled with love, because we're filled with hope, because we're filled with faith, because the Lord has made up for everything that we lack. Because the Lord just keeps pouring his grace into our hearts. And that's actually the continuation of this same quotation. Romans 5, 3, 5, if, if you want to read it later or learn it by heart. I must learn this one by heart. It's fantastic. We know, you probably know the second half. I'll read it again, though. We also glory in our sufferings. Because, you know, the suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. And this hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's Romans 5, 5. God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So this isn't when we have attained perfection or this isn't when all of our crosses have been removed or we have overcome everything. This is in our misery, in, in, in the cross, during the cross, in our adversity. The Lord's love is poured into us so that in that context we can still radiate joy, love and hope. And if you've ever met, and I'm sure, I hope you have, I hope you've met a Veronica at some point, I hope you've met someone who carried their cross with such joy that you actually didn't even know they were suffering. If someone hadn't, hadn't told you this person has just lost a child or lost their parents or been diagnosed with cancer and they're so at peace within themselves because of the love of God within them. I hope you've met someone like that, someone inspirational. Because they show us that this gospel, or sorry, this, this reading from Colossians it's not just made up blah blah. This isn't fake. This can be, should be, my life and yours. That in our sufferings and adversity, we unite all of these things to the cross of Christ. So that as his suffering was redemptive, so ours may also have a co-redemptive value. <coughs> that our suffering can help others. God has created us in his image and likeness and he wants to share his very divine nature with us. But while it is a free gift, he wants us to, to, be, to know how to do that, to know how to, how to be responsible with the gifts that we have, to know how to love amidst adversity as he does, to love amidst rejection, to love amidst hatred. makes me happy to suffer for you as I am suffering now and in my own body to do what I can to make up for what still has to be undergone by Christ for the sake of his body, the church. May we live that today and every day. Amen.